85% of the jobs that exist in the year 2030 do not exist today. That was pre-COVID. Many people point and say that COVID accelerated things five, maybe even up to 10 years. Welcome to the podcast where entrepreneurs go to learn about alternative retirement investing strategies and structures and all things related to planning a successful, prosperous retirement. If you're self-employed, if you're a gig worker or solopreneur, you've come to the right place to learn how to retire wealthier, retire sooner, and retire happier. This is the Rogue Retirement Lounge. So today I am super psyched to have a gentleman named John Dwoskin on the show. Now, if you don't know about John, you should. He's younger than I am, but he's accomplished 10 times more than I ever will. Uh, And I'm not going to go through his whole bio because just listing his accomplishments would probably take 15 minutes. Suffice it to say that John is extremely successful, extremely smart, and very cool. Uh, John is a business coach. He's uh, the host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Think Business Show, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search for John, J-O-N, Dwoskin, or Think Business, and you'll find it. And I have to admit, I'm a total fanboy when it comes to this guy, and you're going to likely hear in my voice that I was nervous interviewing him. I really respect this guy, and to be honest, it's intimidating talking to someone like him who was super accomplished and whose podcast I've listened to so many episodes of. It was kind of like talking to a celebrity. Anyway, the the things you're going to learn from John if you follow his work, or better yet, if you hire him as a coach, will transform your business and very likely transform your life. Uh, Why do I say transform your life? Well, he's not afraid to get deep into the mental stuff, the meditation, the spirituality, etc. He's not your average tactical coach. And if you open your mind to the concepts that he talks about, you're going to end up being a better person and a better business person. Anyway, to read his full bio, check out johndwaskin.com or click the link in the show notes. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's do this. All right, John, thank you so much for being with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I, I got to tell you that your story um, is very inspirational to me. Well, uh, I listened to you on the Gravity podcast, and I, I want to tell you, uh, first of all, to my listeners, you should listen to John's interview on the Gravity podcast because it goes deep into what he's all about and what he's been through. But I also wanted to tell you, it's the only podcast episode out of the thousands of podcast episodes I've listened to where I listened to it twice. The only one. And I, well, it's moving. And it's, and one of the things that really uh, touched me was your story with how you beat cancer and how you beat it through some weird, terrible, terrible circumstances, which showed me incredible yeah. resilience. So just to get started, I, I can you give us a quick little overview of what happened with you and your cancer story yeah. and how you beat it and um, your resiliency to get through that? Yeah. Well, let me just say Brett uh, Kaufman, who interviewed me on uh, the Gravity podcast, uh, he was a great interviewer. Yes. Um, and he... Uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a deep conversation, but he went right in, right from the first question. Right. Um, and it was, it, it was, it got deep. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I've done over a, a thousand interviews, and I think it's the only one my wife actually listened to in its entirety, you know, so, it, yeah, so, but, um, but, but quick story with that um, is I, I, I started meditating when I was in my late 20s. 
and um, it really just, I just loved it. It completely resonated with me. And um, so I started meditating a ton and I was meditating a ton and my meditations just changed colors. I can't explain it. I had no symptoms, but my meditations changed and I just kind of like intuitively thought or felt that I had testicular cancer. And I had no symptoms, and long story short, I just had a checkup. I went to a new doctor. Um, uh, I just had a checkup. I ended up going to a new um, a new internist, and he felt a lump. And then I went to a urologist who said it was nothing, and I begged them to take my blood, and they didn't. And so he said, just come back 30 days later, and I did, and I was right, and I did have it. Okay. And so it was just... Um, you know, what I promote a lot is being your own doctor and really pushing the idea that you intuitively know so much. Um, and I should have pushed a little bit more because little did I know that at the time that testicular cancer is the is the most curable, but yet the fastest growing cancer in the body. So oh, it wow. doubles in size every 30 days. It doubles in size every 30 days. And so I, I went through about 17 treatments of radiation and then you really only need kind of five years of follow-up, but I did 10 years just to be safe with my oncologist. And um, the story you're referencing, I think, is at my 10-year uh, checkup, he called me and said, you've got to come back into the office. I was actually driving to Chicago. I had to turn around and drive two hours home. Um, you have cancer riddled through your entire body, and you've, you've got to get into my office right now. I've never seen a case so bad ever come back. Yada, yada, yada. He basically told me for all practical purposes that I was a dead man. And I just, Matt, I just didn't feel it. Right. So like I heard what he was saying, but I thought I just I said, I just don't think you're right. And he said, um, the odds of me being wrong are one in a million. We've never seen a case so bad, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, so just take emergency blood, CAT scan, um, uh, ultrasound. I mean, just the whole, you know, all the tests. I, they were resistant, but they ultimately did. I had to push. And um, because they were so certain that they were right. Anyway, long story short, a day and a half later, he called me, uh, my oncologist, and said, you're right, your blood was botched, you're fine. But for a day and a half, I thought I was dying. So what does that mean that the blood was botched? Did that mean that they like, they, it was a false positive or they got the wrong, that you just, it, it I just don't know. is what it is. I never I never, I never asked what that meant. I didn't care. Um, right. I went to my internist right after and got another blood, you know, some more blood work just to make sure. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't care what it meant. I, you know, I just knew, um, I just know that it, had I not been my own doctor, I would have started chemotherapy, drugs. I mean, I'd be dead right now, probably. So wow. I'm not saying that all doctors are wrong, but you have to know you're, 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 you got to listen to your instincts and you got to push and you got to be your own doctor. Okay. Well, when you, when you had that news, when it was, it, when he was like, there's a, you're dead. When he basically was telling you that, yeah. that it's over, had your meditation practice helped you have peace with that? Or were you just scared shitless? I mean, what, what was that? What's that like? I don't, I, I have no idea what that feels like. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I had babies at the time and married and, um, you know, it was terrifying, yet I really didn't feel it. I can't explain the feeling really because it was terrifying, but yet I didn't think it was real. 
because I just didn't feel it. I can't explain it. I just, I sensed it. I felt it the first time. I didn't feel it or sense it the second time. And, um, and so, but when I found out it got rid of, um, you know, a lot of people die in my family very early, but it got rid of my fear of death because I really did think whether it was rational or irrational at the time that, okay, this could be it. This could be, you know, this could be it. And, um, and so it helped kind of heal me and in a weird way, it helped heal that piece of me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But for about two, three months, it was kind of a weird feeling. Cause I thought, God, I, if I hadn't been my own doctor, I would, you know, here I am working and building a real estate career and I would have been, you know, in chemotherapy. Uh, and it really, uh, I think, um, you know, uh, it was really hard around my wife, I think post everything because, you know, we had two babies. I mean, it was just crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Is, is your wife a meditator too? Um, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dep it depends. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on meditation, but, yeah. um, you were, you started it when you were in, in your early twenties. What, what, how did you get introduced to it? And what, what were some, maybe some books that you read or sure. what, what got you into it and taught you how to do it? So I didn't really start med. I, I think I was meditating all through college because I was listening to these meditation CDs as I studied, but I didn't know I was meditating. And so when I really learned how to meditate, I was in my um, kind of mid, um, like, I think I was about 26, 27. I had just met my wife. She was living in Chicago. She was going to a holistic doctor. Um, and my wife is an energy healer and, and a nurse. Oh. And, um, and she was going to a holistic doctor and he taught me how to meditate. And, and then from there, I just started meditating. And from there, I you know, got um, trained in transcendental meditation and silver mind method. Um, now, if I'm not doing those, I, I, I'll, I'll use um, Sam Harris's app, Waking Up, which is a great app of daily meditations. But meditation has been huge for me to just, you know, just calm my mind, um, get me to understand how to think about nothing. I'm actually, um, you know, post COVID, I'm starting all these private coaching groups. And one of the coaching groups I'm doing is um, every Monday and Friday from 11.30 to 11.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm partnering with a buddy of mine, Rob Dubay, who's a meditation. He's a CEO of a company called Image One, but he's also a meditation guru. And he's been studying it for years. He wrote a book on meditation called Do Nothing. And I find that most people don't meditate, but say they want to because they don't have, but they don't have the time and they don't know how. Right. And so this private coaching group that meets twice a week and has a private Facebook group and a backend page with all past everything that we do, it's a hundred dollars a month. And we're going to be meditating from 1130 to about 1137. And then we're talking mindfulness and then we're talking business planning. So it's 20 minutes twice a week to start and end your week with meditation and mindfulness. Interesting. Okay, I'll be. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm guessing that there's a link to where people can register for that. So I'll yeah. we'll get with you afterwards, and we'll put that in the, yeah, the show perfect. notes. So, um, one one of the books I, I I just as long as we're talking about meditation that that really helped me was Ram Dass's Journey of Awakening, mm. and um, that's how I got started when I was um, 16. Uh, that and uh, Be Here Now were were just giant for me. And Journey of Awakening kind of goes through what meditation is and, you know, some practices and the yeah. like. And so um, 
for listeners who have not meditated and who kind of, you know, on the outside looking in and it seems kind of woo woo and, and strange and difficult. Um, a, a great book is, uh, called journey of awakening, uh, by Ram Dass and you can find it on Amazon for nothing. Um, uh, he sold a billion copies of it and it's a, it's a great resource. Um, tell me about your podcast. One of my favorite podcasts yeah. is the think business podcast. And Thank you, you. Thank you, I mean, it seems, it seems like you, you put out an episode pretty much every day. Can you just introduce yeah. our, uh, our audience to that podcast and what you're all about? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, I love it. I love doing it. I, it's a seven day a week podcast. I do lives every Monday through Friday. Um, but it's filled with tons of other episodes. Um, if you download it, you know, I, I, there's, you know, um, two minute questions and, you know, there's seven, um, there's about 11 episodes that get downloaded onto the, you know, all the podcast platforms a week. Um, plus I do new lives every Monday through Friday. And it's really just, uh, a, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with business leaders, um, salespeople, managers, um, people doing cool things, um, you know, um, nonprofits. It's, it's just a little bit of everything. And, um, and it's just, or they are organic conversations with people. I, I don't prep any questions ever. Um, and I want, I want the listener to feel as if they're having part of a real time conversation with me and the person that I'm interviewing. And so there is kind of surprise at, at where it goes as, as maybe I am. And so, um, because, and so, and even when, um, like, you know, when people send me stuff, like you sent me some stuff, like, Hey, I want to talk about this. I'll like peruse it, but I really don't dive too deeply into it because I don't, I don't want to be thinking about what I'm going to say. I want it to just be real time. And, um, and so they're just real time discussions on, uh, on helping people grow. And I have every two minute version, two minute episodes, seven minute episodes, 10 minute episodes. I have other podcasts that I've been on or I've been part of that. I, you know, play through those podcasts. I want it to be like a, a master's class. Well, um, I, I, you do a great job with that, and you are one of the great listeners out there. Um, in fact, I'll find there are times when maybe I'm driving or I'm getting distracted when I'm listening, and you'll yeah. kind of recap what the um, what the what your guest has said and put it into uh, more bite sized terms. Yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoy it. Was it always like that? I, Cause I haven't gone back to the beginning. Yeah. Did it, did it evolve to a point like where, where it, at first you were having regimented questions or was it always yeah. just, I'm going to have a conversation with people. It was always, I wanted to have a conversation, but you know, it's funny. So I did, um, um, I did a podcast, uh, with my buddy. It's called the seven minute salesman and it's about 130 some episodes and it's a sales podcast. And, 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 and we just kind of like go back and forth and kind of talk sales. And we, we did that and at about 130 some episodes, we were just kind of done. And that one, we never really scripted out. And then, and then I did one where um, a podcast to support my book, uh, all these are on my website under resources. And I did about 60 some episodes for that to kind of just have my book, but I, but I never prepared any questions. And people would ask me for questions and I would give them questions, but I would never follow the questions, but they needed some questions, but I never really paid attention to what I was asking. So then when I started to think business, I actually had a podcast coach for that. Oh, wow. Because I, I wanted to kind of started, started looking at podcasting a little bit differently. And, um, and I started out not having any questions, right? I would read the bio and just be very real time. 
And then the podcast coach that I was using would write me some questions here and there. And so they're like, oh, here's the person I'm interviewing. Can you write me some questions? And they would write me questions, but it never felt natural. It never felt natural. So I, I just stopped asking them for those questions. I, you know, I didn't need them anymore. And so I can't, I don't know. It's just the way that I you know, have a discussion or a conversation with someone. I just can't prep questions. So even when people say to me like, hey, can you send me over some questions you're going to ask me? I always say like, I, I don't know what I'm going to ask you until I'm talking to you. Right. It's like if I was having coffee with you and just in general, I'm not prepping to have coffee or lunch or dinner with you and coming up with questions like it either. You know, we just kind of have a discussion. And so that's how that's how I treat it. That's how I treat it. And I don't do any editing like I, the conversation is what it is. Everybody hears the full raw conversation. I put in um, an intro sometimes, an outro for sure. And that's it. I think I've edited like maybe a couple things because people, when sometimes people say things that are just, I have to edit out. Like, you know, they'll say things that are just not good for them. And, um, right. but now everything's live. So it's like, there's, I mean, you know, nothing gets edited. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that's what I do. I'm, 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 I like the fact that you said that when you're meeting someone for coffee, you don't prep questions because, um, that's it, it. It is like you're kind of listening in on a conversation over coffee with with and most of the episodes. Yeah, uh, you know, like you say, it's organic and uh, anyway. So that's the the Think Business podcast. I highly recommend it. Thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, and so now today is what May twenty fifth, yeah. two thousand twenty one. We're kind of hopefully knock on wood. We're approaching the end of the COVID era, but um, while we're still in it. Can you tell me what what how has the COVID uh, pandemic affected your business and the way you do business and what have you done kind yeah. of in response? Yeah, it's a, you know COVID. My business has done really well through COVID. It's turned all virtual. Um, I would say ninety. Oh, wow. It was a hundred percent. Now it's ninety percent. Um, I'm coaching people all over the country, all over the world, and um, and it's great. And one of the ways it morphed. Um, I don't want to say it morphed, but one of the ways it evolved is I now do, um, I now have some group coaching. So there's three ways to access me. You can go to my website and you can get free information that's updated every day. Um, and there's so much content on my site. Um, or you can get one-on-one, -on -one, which is direct full access to me. Not only do I you know, coach people, but they have access to me in between our sessions. Um, and then for those who learn better through group training and don't have the um, don't want to make the investment of one-on-one -on -one coaching, I offer group coaching. And so I have different group coaching models. I launched one in December. Um, it was, you know, it's, it's been going really well. And so I'm launching four more in June. Um, one is for residential oh, wow. and I have partners, um, uh, co-coaches in all of them. So one of them is my buddy who is, uh, an incredible estate attorney, Randy Denha, we're doing a private coaching group just for attorneys. One of them is uh, a buddy of mine named Simon Thomas, who's the CEO of Adobe Real Estate. We're doing residential realtors, a private coaching group. Um, one of them is with my buddy, Jeff Sloan, who's the CEO of Startup Nation. We're doing one for people who are just starting new companies. Um, and then my buddy, Rob Dubay, who's a meditation specialist, we're doing the one I shared earlier about um, meditation. And then I have one that I do on my own, which is just sales and business development. And they each have, it's very like predictable. It's like the same day, the same time, every week, live coaching with, you know, two coaches for, you know, all the groups that have uh, co-coaches. 
everything is put on demand on a Facebook private page and a backend page for everybody. So if they miss it, they can come with questions. We have topics every week and it's, it's the one to many model. And so if you have a hundred bucks a month and you want to get a ton of value, then it's a great place to come and get, and get, get a ton and ton of coaching. That's cool. So how do you market all these? I mean, as a, as a, an entrepreneur, that's the first thing I think of. It's like you started yeah. these, these different tentacles to your business. How do you, yeah. how do you promote these and how do you get people in? Well, I've got a great team that runs kind of my whole editorial calendar. Uh, we've been planning these other groups. My one's launched was launched in December. All these other groups, we've been working with all the teams within their companies and my team. Uh, we have, a ton of you know videos that are going to be hitting social and and emails. Um, we have just a lot of marketing. We're going to be doing cross marketing. We have a um, a podcast that all the co coaches do every other Wednesday that we started a month ago. So every other Wednesday from twelve thirty to one o'clock Eastern, we do a group podcast and we talk about the power oh, wow. of group coaching. So that'll be the next one is this Wednesday, which is tomorrow at twelve thirty. Um, and we'll be talking about micro and what's that and called? It's called the power of group coaching. It's just part of my think business platform, but it, it's at 1230 Eastern tomorrow. So if you wanted to chime in and then if not, it's on my website, it's on social, you know, it's all, all over that type of stuff, but you know, that's, that's kind of how we market it. And then everybody's marketing it, marketing it. And then the members begin to, you know, tell other people and they come and it's a, it's, an, it's, it's, it's a marketing, but also an organic growth. Cool. So um, one of the things in your coaching practice that you've talked about um, on your podcast is getting unstuck and how yeah. you help people get unstuck. One thing that I have found among people who are um, around my age in the late 40s, early 50s, as they do their retirement planning, entrepreneurs are terrible at retirement planning, in yeah. my experience, uh, and they get kind of stuck and get this kind of uh, you know, these blinders, like I, I see USA Today, I'm supposed to have this much saved. I'm not even close to that. Or I'm supposed to yeah. save this percentage, but I can't because the last three months I've been cash flow negative. There's there's a hundred reasons why people get stuck. And um, what would you, what kind of advice would you give as a coach to someone who is stuck in their retirement plan to move forward and to get unstuck? I think when you're when you're planning for retirement today, you got to start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer from where you are today. So if I'm saying that I want to return, retire in 15 years, I'm looking out to 2035, 2036. And I have to then start back, you know, reverse engineering and realizing that in my business, technology, the technology that isn't even invented yet is going to catapult my business. And that technology is going to start in about 2023, 2024. And the way that business is getting done 10 years from today is completely different than how it's going to get done um, 10, you know, the, the, how it's going to get done. You know, studies pre-COVID showed that 85% of the jobs that exist in the year 2030 do not exist today. That was pre-COVID. Many people point and say that COVID accelerated things five, maybe even up to 10 years. And so when you look at that, wow. you've got to look at your career and you've got to say, okay, what do I have to do to stay relevant in my business? How do I stay ahead? And if I know that I'm in a business that's going to be obsolete in the next three to seven years, 
I got to start studying and building a skill set and a craft that is going to be um, valued that people will pay for in the marketplace. And I got to understand and stay in front of real time how to adapt and grow my business. And a lot of that starts with branding yourself and productizing yourself um, and utilizing the power of social media to be an educator. Because I believe that I'm 49 today. And in 15 years, right, let's just say I'm 55. We'll just kind of make it an even number. Well, 55, that's still really young. So I got to know that at 55, I need to look back and say, you know, now I have close to a thousand podcasts. I need to look back and say, okay, by the time I'm 55, I need to have 5,000 episodes. I need to have 2,000 blogs because I need to then utilize my the way that I've educated people to then catapult the next level of what my brand is going to be, right? Because today, I think it's going to be actually hard to retire 100% for people because the cost of living is going up and up and up. And everything is just getting more and more expensive. And so if you, if you look and say, hey, I'm going to grow my own personal brand over the next 10, 15 years, so I have options to do certain things and maybe even mentor and teach people what I do, um, speak, write books, this and the other, whatever that may be, I think you got to really take a close look at that because what your career is today will most likely not look the same in 5, 10, 15 years. Okay. Now, I've, I've heard that stat before about the 85% of jobs that exist today or that, that are going to be happening in in. 2030 don't exist today. Mm -hmm. When you're having coaching clients, when you're doing one-on-one -on -one with people and you say, Hey man, your, your, your gig isn't going to be around yeah. eight years from now. Do you run into resistance to that concept? Yes, because I run into resistance of the work it needs to, that needs to be done. It's, it's not necessarily, um, the, 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 the change that, that, that drives people crazy but it's the adjustment period. It's the transition period. It's the work that they need to do. So there's, I'm not suggesting that everybody's complacent, but people get really complacent and they're happy the way that, the way that things are. You know, that's not how I work. My brain is always thinking and forecasting out three, six, nine, 12, you know, three years and saying, okay, what's the world going to look like? What do I need to have done by then? And then how do I reverse engineer? I'll give you an example which I was, I, which, which was intentional, but I wasn't paying necessarily attention to it. When the pandemic hit last March in 2020, I was doing three episodes a week of my podcast. They were, there were two recorded and one two minute business tip. That was what my podcast was three days a week. When the pandemic hit, I thought, okay, I now have to reinvent myself and be a media station, a media company where my news station looks exactly like everybody other every everyone else's because they're all working from home even the newscasters right so i started so i turned i had been building content i started doing my podcast seven days a week with all the content i had been building and i started doing about five to nine lives a week and so i got a, a facebook wow. reminder on april 20th that said you have, you know, that was like, um, it was like over 200 episodes of Think Business. Well, this April 20th, there was over 900. And so, wow. so that's, 
what I'm talking about, so as I come out of the pandemic, as we come out of the pandemic, by July 1st, I think it is, I'll have over a thousand live podcast episodes. And so for my brand, right, is what I'm talking about. For my brand, you know, it's for as, as, as you know, people, I'm not somebody, I, I do not, I'm a business coach and this is not how I coach. I do not say, oh, I can grow your company by 300% or every client is 400% or 200%. Like that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Because like that, that's yep. like braggadocious and you can run numbers any way you want it, right? I'm really good at what I do. But I think what people want to see when they come to my site, which I have a running tally every week that I update, how many podcast episodes I've done, how many blogs I've written, how many business tips, right? My stats that are basically saying to them, here's information that I've created and content for you to be smarter, whether you ever use me or not, right? And you will grow your business if you do the work. And so you've got to kind of think about how you want to grow your brand and, 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 and how your ambassadors will then promote you. And so that's, you know, cause I don't care about likes. I never look at my stats ever. I don't care about likes. I don't care about views. I care about people being an ambassador. I rather have 10 amazing ambassadors and I rather have one ambassador like you who loves my podcast and says, Hey, this is a great podcast than half a million downloads, but nobody who really says, Hey, I love your podcast. Right? So, I, I really right. try not to get lost. I don't try. I don't get lost in those numbers. You know, my brother will call me. He sent me an email the other day. He's like, you, according to, I think it's Chartable, which I never even heard of Chartable, you're number 149 in all of management podcasts in the United States. I was like, all right, I'm thanks, but I'm not marketing that because tomorrow I won't be, right? And so, and I, I don't, it was like right. when I wrote my book, I was an Amazon bestseller. Well, I snapshot it and used it for three months, even though I was a bestseller for maybe what, a couple of days. But I don't like that type of marketing. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought if I get below sure. hundred, I'll do it, right? If I stay there for a couple of days, I'll do it. But to me, real life is what sells, right? Real life, hard work, yeah. build your brand, be an educator, build content, and then you can do, you know, you can just do anything. So that said, you're you're kind of constantly changing, or at least you you have the ability to really quickly change, as Correct. evidenced by how last year you went from you know three episodes a week to now you're just churning them out. You're kicking ass. You right. added um, the 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 coaching, the the group coaching, and all that. So is is that your plan? Is just to kind of keep on going um, and keep on continuing to pivot? Or do you have like a, an end number or an end date when you're going to stop working? Never. I'll never stop working. Never. I mean, I never. may slow down at some point. I mean, I'm 49. I, I would think at like 65, I may slow down. Um, but I'm not, I'm never retiring. I mean, I would be bored. My brain works too fast. And I'm creating a foundation where I don't need to retire, right? Because I help companies grow. And every year I get older and wiser and, 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 and read more and study more and this more. I'm actually, the older I get, the more valuable I am to clients. Right. And so, and, and because I work with solopreneurs to Fortune 100 companies and everything in between, I'm in the trenches of what every size company is doing. And because I work with CEOs, owners, leadership teams, managers, VPs, and salespeople, I know what's going on in the inner workings. 
and because I've also started and sold my own company and built other people's businesses, I get it. And so I love what I do. I love what I do. So I don't see myself ever stopping. And what the what COVID also proved to me is I can be anywhere in the world and do my business. That's a beautiful feeling. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like I do a new morning show that I started this week called, it's a two, three minute um, show. It's called Coffee with John, Morning Caffeine, uh, Your Business Needs. And I had an eight o'clock meeting. So I did it in my car. <laughs> I did the live in my car. Right. Right. And um, I was in Florida chaperoning my son's spring break a couple weeks ago. And I just worked in my hotel room. Right. I didn't cancel one client. I just worked in my hotel room. So I like having a business that I can be anywhere in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, there are so many people who don't have that flexibility or who haven't created a, a business that gives them that flexibility. Um, and, you know, I talk to people who, who are stuck where yeah. they are and feel stuck, um, you know, geographically, like, and so you being able to kind of move around once you're an empty nester, if you wanted to continue your business from anywhere on planet earth, you could. Right. So that's, uh, that's awesome. But can I comment? And on where are you? You're I, just, I just want to comment on one thing Yep. for those that feel stuck and that they can't move because they're making X amount of dollars and they have healthcare and they've got bills. I totally understand that. But, but spend time every week, whether it's three minutes, three minutes once a week, five minutes once a week, five minutes, two, three times a week, and do the following. Keep a journal, an idea journal, where you're building your next business, right? Keep something where you are committed that you're going to go on a five-minute walk three times a week and then come back and write what your dream career is. And you're going to keep on building it because the ideas will, will layer on each other. And it may take one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. That's okay. But, but start building it and putting it on paper and talk to your spouse about it. Talk to your kids, talk to your best friends about it because bring, create it to be a reality. So it may not be tomorrow, but build it. It'll keep the passion alive. Don't be the victim who can never build or start something. Be the person that's building it, you know, centimeter by centimeter, knowing that that's your plan B or C, although it may take a little bit of time. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, one of the things that you talk about is, uh, having listened to Brian Tracy, uh, your dad oh, yeah. apparently gave you some Brian Tracy tapes. Yeah. The psychologist. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And and there's also, I mean, I remember for a time before the age of podcasts and digital downloads, I was pumping so much money into Nightingale Conan, Conan yeah, me too. buying CD sets. Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, I put what Darren Hardy, I put his kids through college by yeah. buying CDs. <laughs> um and I found that even if I didn't act upon whatever I was listening to, whether it's your your Zig Ziglar, your Brian Tracy, your Tony Robbins, just being on walks and having that good stuff, that kind of that coach in your ear pumping positivity into yep. your brain huge. is is healthy and it keeps you motivated and it keeps you going. But um, all that said, tell me about uh, how how the Brian Tracy kind of maybe it changed the course of your your life and and yeah. how that uh, works today. Yeah, um, my dad, when I was 18, gave me a set of tape sets called The Psychology of Success by Brian Tracy. 
Um, and he said, Jonathan, I think you will learn more from these people than you will college. If you get less than a three point, you're getting pulled home, but I think you'll learn more. And I remember Matt putting my Walkman, you know, like the little cushion, like, you yep. know, Walkman headphones on, um, listening. And I thought, oh, this is exactly what I want to do when I get older. I want to write books. I want to grow businesses. Business always came in very, it was very intuitive for me. I just, I just seem to understand it. I mean, I study my craft every day, but I just got it where like scholastically in school, like I, it was, you know, I'm dyslexic. So I couldn't like, I would sit in a class, take a test. And I'd be like, is this in French? Like, I don't even understand. Did we study? <laughs> Did we study this in here? You're like, I mean, it was just so foreign to me. And then, you know, the, you know, school teaches to the middle. It doesn't teach the people who are struggling. And, um, right. And so, and not, I would not going to say that I was struggling because I just kind of like was in a way kind of whatever. When I got into college though, I was very, I was a very serious student and I studied 12 hours a day, but I would study 12 hours a day where the person next to me had to study six, but I had to read everything twice or three times. And like, I didn't know I was dyslexic until I was 30. And so I found oh, wow. it was just, it was so hard where business stuff just makes sense to me, right? It just, it just makes sense. Cause I think my emotional intelligence is high. I understand people. And, and so when I would study the craft, I could implement and retain it at such a high level where I just kind of knew the minute, the minute I turned, uh, put that on my ears, I knew it was something I wanted to do. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't have to pass chemistry to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, one thing that you, you mentioned is that you have a high EQ. And one thing that I have told people when I have appeared on, on entrepreneurship podcasts, one of the things I tell people is that for entrepreneurs, your likability is, is a strategic advantage. And if you are a likable human, and if you have uh, what N Napoleon Hill calls the pleasing personality, yeah. you are going to do way the hell better than some dude who doesn't answer his email within a day. You're going to yeah. do way better than someone who doesn't use punctuation. Um, I mean, there's a million things that can make you less likable. Um, and for instance, like I had a guy literally fly me to Japan to do a video shoot for one day because not that he couldn't find a cameraman in Japan, but yeah. because I was dependable, I'm fun to travel with, I'm, I'm reasonably cool. And yeah. it's not because I was really skilled, but, and 90% of, of any business success that I've had comes from interpersonal, yeah. uh, just, just my ability to deal with people. So tell, expand upon that a little bit about how your, your EQ has helped you in your business uh, and in your employment and just kind of in your life. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The one, co um, I double majored in journalism and economics um, in school, in college. And my favorite class that I took was a class. And I always think about, I, I don't remember the teacher's name, but it was, it was called interpersonal skills. Oh, wow. And I don't even think I knew, I don't even think I knew what that meant when I signed up for the class. I just signed up for the class and all the writings were so easy to me. It was like, I loved writing in this class. It was amazing, this class. And I remember the teacher said to me, um, I love reading your stuff, da, 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 da. You're going to have an amazing life. You know, it's just like you remember certain things. Um, and it, I just loved writing about it. And, and, and so interpersonal skills for me, I don't know. I just, I always feel like 
my intuition is very high so I can read a room, right? And that's, I think, a strength and a weakness because I can read people really well um, and I can read rooms really well. I feel like I can pick up on the energy of people, the energy of rooms. I feel like I know what people are going to even talk about or think or say before they say it. Um, so it's, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a gift and a, and, a, and a poison at the same time in a way. But I've always been able to do it. So I can, I can facilitate. Because of that, I'm able to kind of like pick up on cues that I can facilitate um, discussions and make people feel included so everybody kind of feels connected, right? And what's interesting is it's the skill set comes with you don't have, I don't talk about myself or I don't have to overly, I don't have to over talk because just by facilitating and bringing the best out of others, you, you, you connect everybody kind of in a, in more of a, in a higher frequency and a higher vibration in the room. So it's like a buzzing feeling and nobody can really put their finger on it. And so I've always been able to kind of do that when I, when I need to do that. And so sometimes people will say to me like, oh my God, like people were so, you know, people loved X, Y, and Z. You know, I don't get like, what do you, what did you do? And I, and I can never really tell kind of like somebody who doesn't get it what I did because they don't get it, right? I just can do it. So, so, you know, and, 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 and that's just kind of what it is. And so with that, it's just like, I think a high sixth sense, a high, high, highly intuitive, um, and connect in a high level of connectedness and and kind of a high frequency and a high vibration that I can see things at, which allows me to kind of go high and allows me to kind of like meet people where they are as well. Okay, so let's go back to intuition. Yeah. Do you believe, I think I know the answer to this, but do you believe that you can build your intuition or increase your intuition through meditation? Yes, and through taking quiet time, meditation, um, through thoughtfulness, through what you, what you eat uh, or don't eat, what you drink or don't drink. Yeah. The cleaner I eat, the higher my intuition is. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Okay. Well, we're, we're getting low on time here. I'm, I've kept you longer than I said I was going to. But the last <laughs> thing I want to ask you is, can you, yeah. can you tell me just a couple of books that you've read? I don't care if they're business books or yeah. spiritual books or cookbooks. In the last couple of years, just, just give me a couple that have uh, inspired you. Um, the Four Agreements is one of my favorites. Um, mm -hmm. The Alchemist is one of my all-time favorites. Um, the Go-Giver is one of my all-time favorites. Oh. Um, the Celestine Prophecy is great. Good to Great is just great. Um, good by Choice is also great. Um, good by Choice. I, that one I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's by, uh, whatchamacallit. But wait, there's a, um, um, there's a book that I just listened to. Um, oh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is one of my all-time yeah. favorites. Um, I'm listening to a, a book now called The Body Keeps the Score, which is a pretty heavy book. Um, uh, and um, what was that other book that I just read? Uh, oh, the, Art of, uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, one of my favorites. Um, the Infinite Game, incredible. Um, uh, Simon Sinek. And, um, yeah, that's the Think and Grow Rich, one of my all-time favorites of all time. 
I think that's a must read. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Crossing the Chasm, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, um, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Those are, yeah, those are some recent ones that I loved. Cool. Yeah, I love, uh, I'm, I have read about half of those. Um, I have to say The Alchemist was huge for me. Huge, um, yeah. And think, thinking grow rich is a perennial. I just I have that just kind of always nearby, just because yeah. I mean that it seems to me like that's the the original and uh, and ninety percent of what we what we come across is somehow could be brought upstream to yeah. Napoleon Hill. So no, um, absolutely, I'm cool. Well, I'm reading just one more book. I'm reading right now a book called Karma: A Yogi's Guide to Crafting Your Destiny by um, I think I think it's the way you pronounce this is Sadi Guru. Okay. It's a, and it's, a, it's a great book. Great, great book. Oh, also, I, w one book that you mentioned in your uh, podcast, and again, not to go too woo-woo here, but I have never met another human who read this book, uh, and it was called uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. Ah, by and Brian that Tracy. Book, that book? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, by Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss. Yes, Brian Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. That book, Literally, I mean, there's been very few, there's been a couple of books that literally changed my life. Yeah. That book has, it literally changed when I was 19. Yeah. It changed the trajectory of my whole existence. Me too. Great Me book. Too. Me too. That book rocked my world. Um, I had a, a lot of people in my family pass away and that book just brought peace and was a life changer for me. It's one of my all time favorite books of all time. I, 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 I love that book. It's a must read. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. Yeah. That's it, it's brilliant. I can't say enough about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, on that note, uh, John, I really appreciate you being here. I, I got a lot out of this and, um, and I look forward to continuing to hearing you, one of those Thank positive you. voices in my head daily <laughs> on the Think Business podcast. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, all the, the links to John's info will be here on the show notes. So look at, uh, look at what we've got. Check it out. And uh, definitely follow John Dwoskin because he is, uh, he's a badass. So I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement, investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.